Welcome back to the fifth and final podcast on the social psych of prejudice. I'm Shayna, and we're going to wrap up this series by talking about treatment methods or ways to help reduce prejudice. Understanding your bias and prejudice is a continuous journey full of empathy and introspection. You can always find ways to improve. You just have to be motivated enough to see your weaknesses and do something about them. Psychologist Gordon Alport described what's known as the tolerant personality in his text, The Nature of Prejudice. The tolerant personality acquires a deeper understanding of people because they have a higher degree of social sensitivity due to increased empathic capability as well as self-insight and awareness. They are intrapunitive and more likely to blame themselves for their shortcomings rather than others. Alport writes that they are more likely to possess a sense of humor and laugh at their misgivings, and those who can laugh at themselves are unlikely to feel greatly superior to others. With that being said, we will try to honor Alport and develop the tolerant personality who strives to attain a deeper understanding of humans. The single most important thing you can do to reduce your bias and prejudice is to assess yourself. Because prejudice can be either conscious or subconscious, self-assessment in some way is critical to your growth. There are many ways you can do this. One suggestion that I would highly encourage would be self-assessment quizzes. A highly regarded quiz available by simple Google search is the Implicit Association Test, which Dr. Struckman Johnson introduced me to. It was created by three scientists, Tony Greenwald of the University of Washington, Mazarin Banaji of Harvard University, and Brian Nosick of the University of Virginia. Together they created Project Implicit in 1998 with the goal of educating people on our hidden bias. On their website, they have several tests available to evaluate your preferences for skin tone, gender, race, career, sexuality, and many more. They use the results of the test to further their research, so it's a great way to both contribute and learn about yourself along the way. To take one or more of these self-assessment quizzes, head over to projectimplicit.net or follow the link listed in the podcast notes. Another resource available is a website called Outsmarting Human Minds. It was created by Mazarin Banaji of Harvard University, the same psychologist that started Project Implicit. Outsmartinghumanminds.org offers modules, videos, and tests in order to challenge yourself and expose your bias. And for those of you who enjoy podcasts, the modules are offered in a podcast miniseries, so you can easily search for this and play this on the app. Another great podcast that references Dr. Banaji is NPR's Radio Replay, The Mind of the Village. If you're looking for something that you can watch, TED Talks are also a great way to open your mind to a new perspective. A few that I would recommend are Jennifer Bria's What Happens When You Have a Disease That Doctors Can't Diagnose. This one actually made me a bit emotional. Another is Eugenia Chang's An Unexpected Tool for Understanding Inequality abstract math. I'd also like to mention Dr. Banaji's TED Talk called Mind Bugs. If you haven't noticed already, I really like Dr. Banaji's work, but in this TED Talk she talks about how culture leaves its thumbprint on your brain, and I thought this statement was really powerful and relevant because this leads you to make certain decisions about people, and it happens very suddenly and unexpectedly. What I want you to take away from self-assessment as a prejudice reduction strategy is that this is your own journey and you decide what direction you take, whether that's through quizzes, lectures, podcasts, TED Talks, or the textbooks I've mentioned throughout the series. 
just offering yourself a chance for self-analysis followed by some introspection is going to allow you to challenge your beliefs, increase your empathy, and develop a curiosity for the truth. The next prejudice reduction strategy is to address our stereotypes. We discussed before how stereotyping is a major theory in prejudice, so this is something I hope all of us can work on to override to better understand humans as individuals. How many of you have heard of the Human Genome Project? It was an international research project coordinated by the National Institutes of Health and the U.S. Department of Energy, who partnered with the U.K., France, Germany, Japan, and China to determine the sequence of the human genome. It started in 1990, and it took 13 years to formally complete, and the research was important because it helped us understand the genetic blueprint of humans, as well as the impact of specific genes and proteins. According to the National Institutes of Health, it was found that 99.9% .9 of all human beings are genetically identical. Identical! We are all much more alike than we are different. That means that only 0.1% of the human genome accounts for the actual differences we see in humans. Importantly, the Human Genome Project helped inform us that there are absolutely no genetic variations that can be used to distinguish whites from blacks or Asians from Hispanics in the human genome. Yet we still have these specific traits that we will automatically attach to someone based on their appearance. I think this information from the Human Genome Project is valuable because it helps you to see that stereotypes are the result of societal climate and social constructs. The best way to combat stereotypes is to start embracing diversity. This can be really difficult for people to do, oftentimes because it, it requires stepping out of your comfort zone. But knowledge is power. You should never stop trying to replace your negative stereotypes with others' truth. You can do this by engaging in workshops if they are available. There are many health organizations that will offer these, as well as your educational institutions. During my undergraduate studies, I participated in something similar called Voices of Discovery. Basically, it was designed to start a conversation about different stigmatized groups with the goal of eliminating our stereotypes. It's really difficult to talk about sensitive subjects like racism and homophobia or xenophobia, but being able to listen to other people's stories kind of helps you understand them better and helps you to build empathy. From this experience, I learned that if you're truly curious about someone's culture or sexual orientation or something like that, and you have the desire to understand them better, just have the courage to ask them. According to a study conducted by Ingemels, Goodwin, and John in 1996, the more contact you have, with a stigmatized group, the fewer stigmatizing attitudes you will have in return. I think this is super important, especially as a health professional. We need to be able to feel comfortable to have uncomfortable conversations. I mean, how do you expect to grow if you don't ever step outside of your bubble? Additionally, as a future health professional, something you should always be aware of is the demographics of the populations you will serve. So the third prejudice reduction strategy will be all about actively seeking specific information on your patients. A resource I would suggest using is the Kaiser Family Foundation or KFF.org. Here you can search for state-specific health facts such as mental health statistics, HIV and AIDS information, race or minority issues, or specific health reform issues for your state. If you're looking for more location-specific health facts, CountyHealthRankings.org allows you to search for this information by county. 
I challenge you to promote diversity and inclusiveness in your practice as well. If you surge a large Hispanic population, make sure there's posters and signs written in Spanish. And think about the reading materials or the brochures there are in your office. You know, are there pictures that offer both males and females or same-sex couples, etc.? I mean, the list could go on. It's the little things like this that are going to go a long way in making your patients feel more comfortable and more included. Go one step beyond this and tailor the implicit bias testing I mentioned earlier so that you know the areas that you can improve upon. Knowledge is power, so take the time needed to understand the population you're serving so you can capitalize on your prejudice reduction journey with your patients. Another important method I would suggest is when you get into practice or if you have already started practicing, dedicate some time and energy to addressing health disparities that affect the populations you serve too. You can first get the facts by visiting the CDC's website and searching your state health disparities. Then ask yourself what you can do to address them through your practice, like is there a recommended screening or monitoring guidelines that you're missing, and things like this. Once you're comfortable understanding these disparities, start advocating for the health reform necessary to improve them. Pay attention to your state legislation on healthcare reform or laws that may affect access to care. The final method I will suggest is that if you as a health professional witness forms of prejudice or discrimination in your practice, at the grocery store, in a parking lot, or anywhere, have the compassion and strength to step in and protect patients, protect human beings, and provide education as necessary to others in the process. Prejudice happens when the expectation you have in your own mind of someone else becomes more important than the real-life individual standing in front of you. That's my favorite quote regarding this subject by Pontarotto, Utzi, and Peterson from their text, Preventing Prejudice. Prejudice is human nature. It's survival. It's cognitively and behaviorally critical. But it's not always right. I hope you can take this series as some food for thought, and now you're able to better understand what prejudice is, why it exists, how it could be harmful, and what you can do about it. I want to thank you all so much for listening to my Capstone Project, and hopefully down the road, when you're able to incorporate some of this information in your practice, you take a step back and smile because you actually did it. And then hopefully you'll hear the sound of my voice cheering you on in the background. Good luck on your future journeys, everyone, and take care.